Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and we're really glad you're joining us again today. Today, we're going to have a very interesting show. We are on location down here in Southwest Ranches, west of Fort Lauderdale, at one of Cat James' wonderful retreats. And down here, right beside me, is Dr. Jeffrey Roderick. Jeffrey is a world-renowned holistic nutritionist veterinarian who is involved in this retreat right along with me. And we are getting exposure to some of the most interesting ways of approaching health, nutrition, and wellness that we have either of us have come across. Yet, it is also so similar to what Jeffrey has been doing for a long, long time with dogs and cats. So on that hand, it's not a new, new approach, except for that it is in regard to humans for Jeffrey. Now, Jeffrey has been one of those people who has had one of those lives larger than life, and he's done so much to help people and animals across the world, so much so that he has been recognized by such people as Mother Teresa and others having to do with his helping save stray animals, cats and dogs, and bring them back to a home and give them sustenance and life again. He's been recognized around the world in many different ways. Additionally, he is the founder and president of Cornucopia, what is arguably the single healthiest food for dogs and cats the world round. So it's with great pleasure that I introduce Dr. Jeffrey Broderick to our audience. Jeffrey, so good to have you here. Hey, Mitchell, thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. The world is a better place because of you. Oh, that's a very nice compliment. Thank you so much. I feel I was just doing what I was born to do. I know that. I know that. You're doing it well. So let's let's look at some of what it is you've been doing over the course of your professional lifetime of some 60 or so years uh, involved first with walking horses of wealthy people out on Long Island and how that inspired you then to want to take care of these beautiful pets and how that evolved. Give us a little touch of history. Well, I, I, we moved out of New York City when I was 13 years old, and I moved out to a place called Massapequa, and I was put into a high school that I really didn't really want to go to because I was accepted into this high school where they make veterinarians, okay? You know, where you finally go to the high school, or you go to college, and then go to medical school, and, and all that stuff, so... That's what it was supposed to be, but I wound up in this place and I had my horse with me. And at, at 13, about 13, I, well, well, I was 13 years old, I just walked out of school. And, and, and it did to the dismay of your teachers and yeah. parents, no doubt. Right. And, and, my, and my teacher happened to be uh, Alex Holborn's father. <laughs> so, so I. I, I, I played a little game for a little while because I didn't want to wind up in reform school, which is what was called in the 40s during World War II. So I, I did a tap dance through staying out of being a chronic truant in high school. And um, and then I joined the Black Diamond, took off my horse and joined the Black Diamond Wildlife Show. And then I was actually raised by Native American cowboys and, and, and American born cowboys. And um, in what state? What? In what state? Oh, well, we, we traveled all over Canada, all over, um, you know, the south, some farms, Canada, uh, west to Indiana. Illinois, Chicago, and that kind of stuff, you know, down south, Virginia, did all everything west of the Mississippi. Everything, everything, well, everything but west of the Mississippi. 
and we would put on uh, wildlife shows at state fairs. And how old were you at this point? Um, 16. <laughs> and what did your mother and father think? My mother and father, my mother and father were beside themselves. Did you call? Did you write? Oh, sure. No, no, we wrote those days. We, but, but we, we called. There were pay phones then. Yes. And, and we, I would call. But that was expensive living. And we got paid $32 a week. So how long did you stay out on the road uh, doing the road I trip? Was a, I was a professional rodeo cowboy for... Wild. And then at some point you went to veterinary school. Well, that, that, was, through, that was through veterinary medical school because what I did was I rode Kansas State on the Kansas State rodeo team until I was 28. I was 28 when I graduated from veterinary medical school. I was in between that time. I, I joined the Marine Corps at 16, but then they found out that I was too young. I joined the Paris troops at 17. I was in the 82nd Airborne Division at Fort Bragg. And then I went to Korea, and I came home from Korea after three years in the military at 19. Having finished your duty. So I went to Henry Riddle Aeronautical Institute because I was a pilot since I was 15. I was a pilot in Korea. <laughs> and I taught skydiving. I was the uh, area safety officer for Dowd County. That was called Dowd County. I think it was Dowd. Where? Wouldn't it Miami area, North Miami. Dade. Dade. Not Dowd. Dade, sorry. Sorry, the people in Dowd Dowd for Dade. So uh, then... I, um, I would you were a pilot at age 15? I was a pilot at 15. How so? Well, I mean, if at 13 you left school, yeah, and then shortly thereafter you were heading out west to be trained by Native American cowboys and American cowboys, yeah. when was there the opening of two weeks for you to learn to be a pilot? Um, there were openings because I was back and forth of being home, and so I was a pilot. I was a pilot. I started taking flying lessons at 15, and that's it. Just happened. Totally explained it. Actually, when I was 15, I was not going to high school, of course, but I went to take a beef cattle management course. At the Farmingdale University, which was near me, next to the barn where my horse was. So at Farmingdale University, I scored the highest in 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 um. What do you got? See, adult education. Adult education. I did a course in beef cattle management because I wanted to be a cowboy and a farmer. And you got to know what you're doing. But you were an adult. You were taking adult education. I was a 15 year old adult. <laughs> Well, we're going to fast forward this a little bit. Fascinating it is. As it is. But I want to say that one of the things we like to highlight on A Better World is what I would call, Jeffrey, heroic acts. And it ends up that a lot of the people who are heroes in our society actually did not go through formal schooling and training. It's very, very amusing to he, to us here at A Better World. One of my close friends uh, invented a an electric motor, for instance, who's been on these airwaves, uh, who never finished high school. And his motor is arguably the most efficient one on the planet beyond even that of Tesla. So just as another example, we've had several people on who've never finished with what is considered conventional education, but they are some of the most educated people I've ever met. And you are now helping to exemplify this idea. Not that we are against formal training and schooling here. No, not at all. However, Absolutely we not. are very interested in people who learn, who are, are committed to creating a better world in whatever way that may be, expressing it their own way. And that may accord or may not accord 
with conventional thinking in any way, shape, or form. My grandfather. As a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, my grandfather was 13 when he was a lineman, and he put he put the telegraph across the United States, across the West. And my my grandfather was when he put the lines up, that stopped the that stopped the train robbers, because what stopped the train robbers was communication. God, of course. Because they could also do communication from one stop to another. And hey, we see some bandits up yonder and head them off the path of the old That's how they did it with the beep, 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 Morse code. Morse code. And a friend of mine is Robert Clement Morse VI. Oh, he's a great He's a great grandson. He's a great grandson. My grandfather. It's a small world. <laughs> so let's go forward and then we'll we'll ease back as well because it's all one big circle anyway. And so one of the amazing uh discoveries that you made in your professional life as a veterinarian was how cats become cystic and develop uh, urinary tract infections. And your work, your creative mind at play uh, came up with a solution to that. Would you talk with us a little bit about that? Well, cystitis, when when we did this, cystitis was the number one disease of cats and women in the United States when I did this. And I got six. All a form of feline, you could say. Yeah. 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 And as you could say, well, here they were. Cats and women have the same thing. They had a disease called cystitis. Number one disease of women in the United States at that time was cystitis. So what I did was I gathered together. I this line is calling, and he says, Two-time Nobel Prize winner, by the way, for the discovery of the effects of vitamin C, for those who may not know that. And he said, go for it. You know, just go for it. I might, you know, help me with whatever I can do, and, you know, but, but nobody's ever done this work. So what happened was is that a male, male cats were blocking, and when they would block, they would die. Female cats blocking what? Blocking the urethra would block. Oh, and it would so they would get, get the stones of all this crud in their urinary bladder, and, mm-hmm. and it would come out. It wouldn't come out because the urethra get smaller toward the end and they and they just block up. But the urethra of a female will dilate so all this junk will come out the urethra. But the male cat would block and die. So it was it was life threatening to the males. So I gathered together sixteen cats. That's a whole story by that's an hour story by itself. And how I would beg, borrow, and steal these cats and leave them with me and everything. And, oh, I don't want my cat used for research and everything. I'm going to give you a cat back. Just put the cat to sleep. Just put the cat to sleep. I don't want I don't want me just going on my cat. I'll buy your cat. Oh, you will? It's all about money. Money talks. Money talks. Yeah, and and money talks and the clients walk. So I would buy the cats. Some of them give me the cats, and I I kept these cats, and I put them on a battery of of um of my therapy, and it worked on every cat, every cat using vitamin C, using vitamin C, the cats. Would, I would melt the cystitis, kill the bacteria, and dissolve all the coordinated urinary bladders with, with uh, that was possibly And then, and then, I, I published it and went on to get an award. Um, let me step back. I didn't publish it. 
I just went and got an award, invited to come and be a speaker, and presented a paper, but it was never published. Some famous veterinarian wound up healing all this. And and what award did you win? I won the award for molecular. I won the award from the Committee for World Health on the 50th anniversary of the discovery of vitamin C. Oh my! What a moment! But it had been made public through you. You were winning an award because of it, yet it wasn't published. But it was still stealable. Yeah. Yeah. And I were it, was it not recognized that you were the author of it because everyone knew it was a national I moment? I didn't, I didn't really care about that because I was on to other things and then I dissolved the first urinary stone ever in, in history. And then went on to the, the food side. And I, so I made the food that corrected all these things and I made the cat's food that corrected it, the dog's food that corrected it, and all the foods that corrected these, these horrible, deadly ailments because it was all coming from the food that the animals were eating because pet food is horrible to begin with. That's what it is. Nobody feeds pet food. Nobody would feed pet food to their child. Why would you feed it? Don't feed it to my children. And that's what I told them. So interesting. But go back, if you would, to, and then we'll get to that story, which is a very important one. And that is, was it not the use also of cranberry juice or cranberry extract for urinary tract infections, not just vitamin C? I don't mean just when I said, but not vitamin C alone is what I mean. But well, here's the timeline. I corrected it with ascorbic acid. Thank you, Dr. Pauling and Dr. Brunner. And, and so I, I, I did it with ascorbic acid. And it, and, and it, and it worked. And it worked. Then people would bring me cats. This is a really, really, really frequent disease, and as was cystitis in women. Then the women would start coming in and saying to me, what about me? Dr. Chef, what about me? What about me? I, no, I can't. I'm not an MD. I'm not, you know, I don't have a license to do this. Oh, come on. Stop it. Wait. Come on. You cured my cat. You cured my So I would tell them. See, I wasn't wrong at the beginning. I'm a feline. Cure me. And they're right. It's a good thing. And so they would, they would come in to me, and I would tell them what to do. And then all of a sudden, the presence started coming in. I mean, every gift imaginable was given to me. And um, but, but this took them off the age of cancer, off this horror stuff, off the pain, everything, relieved everything. And in a few days, they didn't have cystitis anymore. So I cured number one disease of um, pussycats in the United States. And then I cured the number one disease of women. And really? it was it was also material. Most frequent the most frequent cancer things, whatever, car accidents, whatever. The most frequent thing a woman would get is cystitis. And it was and, and that's that's what we cure it. That's what just an amazing thing in your case. It was it was it was fantastic. You helped and, so many people. And I have I've never put another cat to sleep because of that disease. And I've only done three of the operations that has gone on and you you know, you're talking now nineteen eighty five. Ninety five? hundred and five? hundred and fifteen? Thirty-three years ago, I did this. I've done three, 
every email you read phosphamase. That's the going cure for for cystitis by veterinarians and the cat. And and at that time, at that time, the 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 of urethrostomy is cutting the cat's penis off. Penis. Yeah, penis. Cutting the cat's penis off. It's not the right. There's nothing funny about it. It's pathetic. Sure. 
we'll have it posted on our site as well. And, and, and so you can you can get it from me, and you can get it from Amazon. So we've been making for about 50 years, making and designing and everything for almost a half a century now. And I have one by the name of Cornucopia. I love it. C O R N U C O P I A. Cornucopia, like Cornucopia, like David. And so, Cornucopia is the oldest symbol for prosperity and health actually in the world. The only, the oldest symbol known of in the world, Cornucopia symbol. Sounds biblical. Well, it is. And, 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 and the food I is um, close to that. So, so it took 15 years, years to do this and designing the foods and everything. And I said, there's got to be a better way because I, I, I appreciate the fact that every veterinarian there is a nice person. He's out there doing his job. And so often well-meaning. Every veterinarian loves animals. I appreciate that fact. But what I wanted to do and what I was actually born to do, because I, 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 you know, I knew this when I was three. I was going to do I knew I was going to be an animal doctor at three years old. And, and then the fact that I didn't go to school and all that, I, you know, it became an impossibility. Well, there's no impossibilities with some people. And so I knew what I, I wanted to do. So as I watched and as I went through life, and then the pet food industry was, was, was invented, and, you know, around in the 50s, in the early 50s. And then it get, became organized, and then it, it just became, it became worse. Because when I was born, the dog and cat, my grandfather's dog and cat, Lived until like the cat lived to 26, and the dog lived to 20. Um, the dog lived till 23. Okay. In people years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, the dog lived till 25, and the and the, and the cat lived, the cat lived till 25, and the dog lived till 20, 23. So the average between 23 and 25, since we are of that age. We can do that math with a 24 average a computer. Okay. They all live till 24. They all live till 24. All my grandparents did this. Um, and, and my grandparents' friends. And then my parents' friends. And the animals would live into the average of 24. Now they're six, six and get an eight. Thank you to the pet food industry. And the pet food towards hell. What do you mean by that? Those are very strong words. The reason animals get all these diseases is unequivocally pet food. What is in the pet food that would have you assert this? Well, pet food is made from every piece of crap that you could find. On uh, in, in, in America, it's made from it's made from junk from, from the distilling industry. It's made from day old from um, uh, dead down dying disease and disabled animals. It's made for animals not fit for human consumption. It's scurvy stuff. That's what pet food is. And and as you listen to this podcast. Let, let me let, let you know, know that it's your fault. Not the fault of the industry. Not the fault of the industry. Your fault. Because you and everybody else went into the fact that because the guy in the white coat with the stethoscope around his neck, who you trusted implicitly, told you, don't see the door of the table, said that it's don't feed the cat table stuff. That's that's that. Don't feed the cat. Don't feed the uh, animals. Uh, leftovers. Leftovers are for people, not for animals. Cat food is specifically for cats. 
food in this case specifically for dogs by experts. And it should be one thing if they said by dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and and then you have your favorite white coat person from set up a scope that told you not to feed the dog off the table, which they evolved with for how however long man has been on Earth. Okay? Well, what they should have done is consulted women, and maybe that they would have gotten the <laughs> That is a very fine point, and I think the world is going in that direction. But let me say that you say it's the fault of pet owners who bought into the authority of the man in the white coat with a stethoscope. You know where that white coat originated from? That white coat, to actually underscore your point before I make another, Madison Avenue. (laughs) <laughs> that's where it came from because there is no inherent relationship between a white coat and what a doctor does. But when Madison Avenue thought about it, they thought that people looked authoritative in a white coat. And they do. Therefore, we have doctors wearing white coats. Right. Now, this so is a part Avenue. of the roots. Yes. The Madison Avenue BS. Worked. It worked. Exactly. So I don't want you blaming our audience about this, although we are ultimately responsible for the way we process information. And that part of it I very much appreciate. But we have to take another step here, Jeff, and take a look at those people who decided that money is more important than people, than pets, and planet. This is a problem. So they did things and they manipulated the public mind in such a way as to assert the points you were making. Don't feed dog scraps off the table or cats. Feed them pet food. Yes. Now, what have you found in the pet food? Well, well I found that pet food, the essence of pet food is take whatever garbage you have that people will not, cannot, will never eat, ever, ever. And, and I made a pet food that you could eat. Uh-huh. I made a pet food that you That humans can eat. When you say you, I'm still a human. That, you, that humans can eat, that people can eat, that cats can eat, that dogs can eat, that everybody can eat. And I made this. Without the concern for how many pennies I can pinch out of a can of food. And I made this food so well, we're now in the number one in the world. Oh, muzzle tough. What is in your food? Okay. My, my food consists of organic turkey, USDA certified, USDA certified organic chicken. They're on they're USDA certified pumpkin. USDA certified everything. USDA besides besides that and within the realm of USDA certified, there is no gluten, no antibiotics, no GMOs. The animal arranged cage free. They're raised free range, open door, they can come in, they can come out, they can do whatever they want to do. Okay? They're handled with, 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 with care, and, and they are raised where they're not armed until, of course, they're slaughtered for human consumption. The pet food industry thrives on the sick ones, the dead ones, the down ones. Which means they can't walk because they get down. And then once 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 the chicken or turkey's down, the young chicken or turkey's gonna they're gonna peck it. Because that's what people do. So they must learn from people. Because when people are down 
all the other people came around because we're friends. People pack. People pack. People pack. People pack. Like Peter Pepper. Right? People pack. The pet where goes on, people in the down, which is the first of the down to just keep track of that until he's down. So those animals, the animals that are on Fish, 
Well, they're also swimming in their own feces, which oh, is something they're, that's they're, not discussed. They're, 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 they're so stressed. It's like living in a one-bedroom apartment with 50 people. It's that level virtually of population density. I can't even imagine the cortisol level of a fish that's been engaged in a fish farm. It's out of the aquarium. Very true. Very true. So now it's a child. So there's a thing that goes back. And the thing that this rational guy said, let's say, 600 years before Jesus died. All right? before Jesus this guy, this guy was born. His name was Socrates. But the medical profession couldn't pronounce it because they're Americans. I mean, if you could say Hippocrates, if you were Greek, you could say Hippocrates, if you were Roman. But in America, it became Hippocrates. So the Hippocratic Oath became the Hippocratic Oath. And the first part of the Hippocratic Oath is First, do no harm. Show me one that, that does no harm to an animal and it or a person. Or, or a person, or a person, or a child, or a puppy, or a kitten, and I will then show you a veterinarian that I will embrace in my arms or a physician embrace in my arms. But it's not it's not about doing no harm. It's about making money. Sadly That's what it is. Sadly right? true. Now, now, let's forget about it. You know, a guy goes to medical school, a guy goes to medical school, they they do this and they, they do their whole life because they wanted to be. They wanted to become a doctor. And and the doctor is their profession. That's their profession. Well, they want to get, they want to rise to a certain economic level, and they want to take vacations, and they want to do all this. The dog never gets this. They want to send their kids, kids to dancing lessons and have weddings and bonnets and birthday parties and all that. The dog never gets that. Okay? They want to travel and go on trips, and they want to see the world. The dog never gets that. Okay? So here is this ball of love. That stands by you with everything that you've ever done. You yell at it, it goes to the corner, you smack it with something, it comes right back to you. It knows only love. And we treat it, we repay it. You. You. Forget the doctor. You repay this animal by feeding it what a Scurviest food that was ever invented on the face of the earth. It says right on the bag. It doesn't say scurvy food, it says pet food. And that's what pet food is. You know what? You know what? You eat it. I don't know. I mean, you, you, you refuse to eat it. You don't eat the reason I eat it, Nick, is because if anything happens, to me, it's locked down. It doesn't shift in anyone until I would find out you know, why I got sick. It has never happened, and to ensure that it never happens, it is impossible for you to buy a can of food from me that I have not consumed before it would ever ship to anyone. Okay. Well, Doc, this is beautiful to hear. This part of it is beautiful to because hear. Because the animals are my children. You may own them. Actually, you don't own them. Because no one owns a child of God. Those words came to my ears from Mother Teresa's mouth when I sat next to her on several occasions. They are all God's children. Therefore, no one owns 
the channels of God. Guys out there all over the world, stop saying you own a dog. You don't own that dog. You're the guardian of that dog, and you should act like one. Stop feeding pet food to the dog off the table. If you want a, a commercially available food, I've got the cornucopia for you that you can mix together. Thank you. That's very profound words. Also, no one owns a child for that matter or a spouse for that matter. It's an attitude, a perspective, and if I may say largely but not exclusively, a male perspective that I think is an expression of excess testosterone. That's a whole other conversation we're not going to go into right now. But I do want to ask you, because of the great merits and the care that you take in putting together cornucopia food for pets, there are a series of very wonderful beneficial uh, attributes, meaning the dogs and the cats that you have eating this food consistently, Doc, are not getting sick. They are showing exemplary health, skin, and longevity. Would you Correct. comment on that? Correct. And we that we could and should have of healthy 
protects healthy people, healthy planet, which would result from healthy food, healthy environment, right? This is a sickness that supersedes all. And, of course, my point of view is psychological in general. But I keep coming back to it because I keep seeing what I would call pathological behavior, and this is that. Well, what do you think happens to a child when he sees that pathological behavior? Because the father, Correct. The father won't let the mother buy the right kind of food because he holds the credit That's card. Right. That's right. He mimics it. That's right. And you know what? Well, we're talking about anyone around the world can reach me on info at cornucopia, C-O-R-N-U-C-O-P-I-A, express.com, and you can call me anytime, 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 no matter what day it is. You can call, you can, you can call, get, get the phone number, Get the phone number. The phone number in the United States is 631-427-7479. And if you call me, I'll tell you how I really feel. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jeffrey Brodick, brilliant to have you on today, truly. God bless everyone. Remember, remember. When, when you, you want to blame somebody to your death, blame yourself for not preventing. Whoa. Okay. On that note, I'll say don't blame yourself. Just get educated, my friend. Yeah, exactly. Get educated. Yes. And the book. Tell us the name of your book. Okay. The, the book is Compassion. is Compassion for Pets. And you can get it from me. You can get it on Amazon. And we'll, be, we'll carry it on our site as well. If you, if you order it from me, I'll give you a signed and dated copy with an inscription in there and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, you read, if you read the book, if you read Compassion for Pets, if your children read Compassion for Pets, it will make them compassionate. Make sure your husband reads Compassion for Pets because for your wife, for that matter. And well, and the, I know the wife. I know the wife will read it. Remember, and, and the reason the wife will read it is because there's no question that man's best friend, his best friend, is God, but the Lord's best friend is God. Doctor Jeffrey Broderick, thank you again for being a guest on today's show. We are ending now. I want to thank you all for listening. Contact me at mjr at abetterworld.net and visit our website as discussed before. I look forward to seeing you all next week. God bless.